this is Marshall Davis. Today on the Tao of Christ, I continue my new series of broadcasts entitled The New Pilgrim's Progress, patterned after John Bunyan's 17th century classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. It is an allegorical pilgrimage through the landscape of 21st century American spirituality. Part 5. Religious As Pilgrim walked along the path, he came to a small rise in the road. From there he could view the road ahead, and he noticed another traveler on the way. Wait up, he yelled. Instead, the figure hurried even faster. Pilgrim raced to catch up, but stumbled and fell just as he reached the man. The other pilgrim stopped to help. Pilgrim recognized him immediately as a neighbor from his hometown. He was known as religious. Thanks for stopping to help, Pilgrim said, but didn't you hear me call earlier? Yes, I did, but I did not want to stop or slow down. I'm in a hurry to reach my goal. But would it not be beneficial to have a friend with you along the way? Yes, it would, but I did not think you considered me a friend. Why is that? Because you did not think to invite me to come with you on this journey. When we were both in the Shadowlands, I had hoped that we could travel this road together, but you were so caught up in your own plans that you never even thought to ask me to accompany you. I am very sorry for that, friend. It is true that I could think of nothing and no one but myself at that time. Otherwise, I would have asked you to join me. Will you join me now? I would be glad to. So they continued their journey together, discussing their adventures along the way. Pilgrim inquired, How long did you stay at home after I left? I stayed until I could not stand it any longer. What do you mean? After you left, all that the townspeople could talk about was you. Pilgrim was taken aback. Really? Why? Well, before you left, no one really noticed how dingy and dark it was in that town. People had gotten used to it. Once you pointed it out and decided to escape, people began to panic. They called it climate change. They said that they remembered how it used to be, sunnier, warmer, and happier in the town, but gradually over the years things changed. They had not paid attention to the change until you pointed it out. Now it is all people can think about. Most people came to the conclusion that unless something is done, the land will be uninhabitable. People are very scared. Did others leave when they realized the gravity of the situation? That is a strange thing. They talked a lot about it, but no one did much of anything. Some people took to going outside only in the middle of the day to cut down on what they called their shadow footprint. They held vigils and lit candles to call attention to the darkness. They had forums to discuss it. Some carried flashlights with them at all times to shine on their shadows. But no one felt any urgency to evacuate. Eventually, I could wait no longer, and so I set out for the land of light. How about Tolerant? Did he make it back okay? asked Pilgrim. Yes, he did. He told stories about traveling with you. He talked at length about the bog of existential angst, how he escaped it, but you did not. He said that you died in that place. I'm glad he was mistaken. Yes, he left me to die there, without even looking back or trying to help. But I do not hold it against him. I am glad he made it home. Is he doing well? No, not at all. 
The smell of that swamp clings to him still. People have shunned him, and not only because of the stink. His previous friends criticized him for walking with you for as long as he did. They accuse him of being a closet intolerant. Others criticized him for abandoning you at the bog. They said that was immoral and unethical. Others called him a coward for beginning the journey and then turning around. He's in a very bad way now. Some call him a dog who has returned to his vomit. In any case, I think he will never leave that place again. I fear that the shadows will overtake him and he will die there. That is really sad. Well, let's talk about something more edifying. Tell me about your encounters on the way. I have met many interesting characters and learned much. I am sure you have also. Tell me about them. So religious did. I came to the same bog that you did, but I did not fall in. Because of the warning that Tolerant had given, I looked carefully for a way across. I saw stepping stones that had been laid across that swampy ground and walked across without incident. I made it the rest of the way to the gate without any problem. A short time after the gate, I met a woman called Sensual Pleasure. I confess that I spent several days and nights with her at her house. I was tempted to remain there at her home. Then I realized that there is more to life than the pleasures of the flesh. I asked her to come with me on my journey, but she would not hear of it. I had to choose, so I chose the way. Did you meet anyone else on the way? Yes, at the bottom of the hill of difficulty, I met a man named License. He tried to discourage me from climbing the hill. He insisted that hardship was completely unnecessary in the spiritual life. In fact, he scolded me for leaving sensual pleasure behind. He said that was very unchivalrous of me. She was a nice lady, he said, whom he had known for many years, and she deserved better. He explained that the best way to live life was to follow the instincts of our bodies and the impulses of our desires. The Creator made us the way we are, and all impulses are holy. The way of the flesh was not at odds with the way of the spirit, he explained. In fact, pleasure is a sure indication that we are on the right path. That is how he knew that ascending the hill of difficulty was a mistake. There are always alternative ways around difficulties. He repeatedly said, Why take the hard way when you can take the easy way? How did you respond to him? I thought about his words. It certainly would be nice to live an easier life, but then I remembered what my father said. He said it is better to face difficulty than to avoid it. So I thanked License for his opinion and climbed the hill instead. Good for you. Did you see anyone else? Halfway up the hill, I came to a resting place, which had a small shelter with a spring, which I drank from. I took a short nap there. Yes, I know the place. I stopped there, too. I was mugged on that spot by a man. He began to beat me for taking a rest, saying repeatedly, There is no rest for the weary. He called me all sorts of names, even accusing me of being a follower of license. I assured him I was not, but he did not believe me. He said that my actions spoke louder than words. The fact that I was resting meant that I was a sluggard. Who was the mugger? He did not tell me his name, but let me tell you what happened. He kept hitting me with his fists and kicking me. 
I asked him why he was doing this. He said it was because I was a sinner that all the inclinations of my heart were sinful all the time. He repeatedly quoted the verses, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and none are righteous, no, not one. He beat me into unconsciousness. When I woke up, I cried for mercy, but he said there was no mercy for the wicked. I was sure that I was going to die in that place, but then someone told me to stop. Who said it? I didn't know at first, but then I saw the scars on his hands and feet, and I knew it was the Lord. I think I know the name of the man who beat you. He is a legalist. He believes that the only way to live is to obey the law of God precisely. He considers himself to be a great interpreter and enforcer of the book. He shows no mercy. It is only by the grace of God that you escape from him. Amen to that. Did you make it to the top of the hill? Yes, I did. And did you go into First Baptist Church? No, I saw the building, but the two men outside were dressed exactly like my assailant. I was afraid they were his friends and would attack me. When they saw me coming, they began to come toward me. That scared me so much that I ran past the church and immediately continued down the hill. That must have been when you passed me. I wish you would have stopped. They would have shown you some amazing things. I'm still pondering them now. Furthermore, we could have traveled together from that spot on. I could have used your help at the bottom of the hill. By the way, did you meet anyone in the valley below the hill? I met a man named Board, who was traveling in the opposite direction. He had the most disagreeable expression on his face. He told me that the way was not at all what he expected. He imagined it would be inspiring and uplifting, filled with inspirational music and edifying sermons. But so far it had been nothing like that. He said he was on his way home to the Shadowlands, where he had a good church. I asked him why he had left that church in the first place. He replied that it had become old and stale. The preacher did not preach the whole gospel, and the other church members were not very spiritual. That is why he had set out on the journey. But now he realized that the way was even less interesting, so he was returning home. What did you say to him? I told him that the way was not meant to cater to our religious tastes. I said he needed to persevere to the end, but he was not interested. Did you meet anyone else? Yes, I encountered a woman named Judgmental. She was the most disagreeable person I have ever met. She said she had traveled with Board for a while, but he was not spiritual enough. At first Judgmental appeared to me to be a pilgrim, but the more I spoke with her, the less I held that position. Everything that came out of her mouth was negative. She did not have a good word to say about anyone or anything. Can you give me some examples? Lots of them. She said that the food on the way was not up to her standards. She was a vegetarian and all they served at the inns was meat. Furthermore, it was red meat, something she would never touch. She went on and on, complaining about her husband. His name is Faithful, but she said he did not live up to his name. All he did was work, work, work. He never spent any time with her. He was always doing things the wrong way. He was always forgetting things. He never took her feelings into consideration. 
when it came to decisions, he was very inconsiderate, according to her. Where was her husband? Why were they not traveling together? She said that he had gone on ahead. That was just like him, she complained. He was always in a hurry. She said that he had been wanting to come on this journey for years, but she had more important things to do with her time. Finally, he gave her a deadline. If she was not ready by the next morning, he was leaving without her. Well, it turns out she did not sleep well that night. There were interesting things to watch on TV and magazines to read. She was still in bed when the hour came to leave, so he left without her. She left a few hours later, so she said, and has been trying to catch up to him ever since, but he will not answer his cell phone, though she calls him twenty times a day. Poor man. Why did Faithful ever marry her? Apparently he loves her deeply, but he loves the Lord more. That is why he left for the Celestial City. What else was she critical about? What was she not critical about? She was critical about every church but her own, everyone's theology but her own, every political position but her own. Meeting her was the most disagreeable experience I have ever had. It took me days to recover from the encounter and get her voice out of my head. I don't know how Faithful stood it for so long. I hope for Faithful's sake that she never catches up with him. Actually, I do not think she will. She was walking very slowly, mumbling constantly about the roughness of the road, the dampness in the air, and the brightness of the sun. Phew, what a mess. I was never as glad as when I left her behind. Did you meet anyone else in the valley after her? No, I did not. It was a quiet trip for me through the rest of the valley and even through the valley of the shadow of death. Really? exclaimed Pilgrim. You did not find that hard going? Not at all. It was sunshine all the way. How about Apollyon? You mean the devil? I heard about him, but never caught sight of him. Well, I had just the opposite experience. I had to battle Apollyon and barely made it through the valley of the shadow of death alive. As they traveled along the way, the road became noticeably wider. Religious noticed a woman walking to one side. She was a tall, attractive woman, dressed in stylish hiking clothes. Religious called out, Sister, are you traveling to the beautiful country? Yes, she replied. Great, we are headed there also. Would you like to walk with us? That would be wonderful. I was getting kind of lonely traveling by myself. So they walked together. My name is Religious, and this is my friend Pilgrim. May I ask your name? My name is Spiritual, but not Religious. That is a very interesting name, but to be honest, it sounds like an oxymoron. How can one be spiritual, but not religious? Doesn't one necessarily entail the other? Oh no, just the opposite. In fact, the more religious one is, the less spiritual, and vice versa. A flush of annoyance came from deep within religious and spread over his face, but he tried to contain it. Would you please explain that, he said. You see, I am religious, and I consider myself also a spiritually minded person. I congratulate you on that feat, but I have found that religion stunts spiritual growth. Let me tell you a little about myself, and perhaps you will understand better. 
By all means, it is a long journey, and I would enjoy hearing about your life. Well, I was born into a very religious family, spiritual began. They went to Sunday school and church every Sunday, and when it came time to profess my faith and join the church, I did so enthusiastically. Praise the Lord, interjected religious. But when I went away to college, I began to question the things I had been taught. I took philosophy, history, and religion classes. I learned things they never taught me in church. I began to explore other religions as well. I read the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita. I studied the Sutras and the Quran. I read the Tao Te Ching and the Analects. I learned that there are many beautiful spiritual paths in the world. Furthermore, they are just as moral and spiritual as the faith I was raised in. In time, I came to understand that there are many roads to the common destination that we call the Celestial City. It does not really matter what one believes. It does not matter what gods we worship. They are all faces of the one true God. As long as we believe in spiritual truth and sincerely seek to live by its light, then we are on the right path. All religions are different paths up the same spiritual mountain. Well, that is a very interesting perspective, said Pilgrim, who had been silently listening to the conversation between his two companions. But I learned some other things at the theologian's house. Did you by any chance stop there on your way? I met the man outside his house, and he invited me in, but I had already studied theology in college, so I did not enter. That's too bad. In his house I learned that there are many ways of looking at things, but nearly all of them are wrong. Rather than all paths being equally good and true, as you suggest, I saw that most people are blind to the bigger picture. People are like the proverbial blind men who mistake a part of the elephant for the whole. Exactly, said spiritual. I see the whole. I don't think so. You see spiritual similarities between religions and conclude they are all essentially the same. They are not. They are not all paths of the same mountain. I can see now you are not spiritual at all, she said. You sound just like the religious hypocrites in the church I grew up in. I do not think we can walk together any longer. Then she abruptly stepped off the path. Pilgrim called after her, but I thought you said that all paths lead to the same destination. So why can't you walk with us on the way a bit longer since we are going to the same place? Your way is true for you, she said, but not for me. You are far too unspiritual for me to tolerate your company any longer. I prefer to go take a more enlightened road. Namaste. With those parting words, spiritual but not religious, immediately took a side path into a dark wood. It did not look safe to religious, who called after her and urged her to return, but she began to chant a mantra very loudly and walked on. You have been listening to The New Pilgrim's Progress. The series is available in book format under the title The Seeker's Journey, a contemporary retelling of Pilgrim's Progress at Amazon.com. You can find my podcast at thedowelchrist.com. You can find my blog at marshalldavis.us. Join me next time for another episode of The New Pilgrim's Progress on the Dow of Christ. Mm-hmm.